I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing this morning, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. Um, you know, I often say how important it is to study the word of God and to study his word um, and to and to read his word rather, you know, and. I often say why it's so important. And the reason why it's so important is because we need to know God's word. All right. God's word is truth. Everything in it is true and it tells us the right way to live. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that every single step we take in life, we have to say, oh, well, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible have to say about it? What does the Bible have to say about it? No, um, God, he gives us wisdom. All right. Uh, he gives us a conscience. He gives us choices. All right. But the Bible is always there for answers. And the Bible will always be there to help us so that when we don't know something, we can go to the Bible for the truth. Okay. So many people. So many people. Um. They don't read the word of God and I'm speaking to Christians in particular and because they don't read the word of God. OK. They they don't know how to live life. They, they don't know how to live their life. All right. And what I mean by they don't know how to live their life is. You never see them with their with with their priorities in order. You never see them with their life in order. All right. You always see them, you know, you never see them living for the Lord. All right. Um, I don't mean to sound any kind of way, but it's true. OK, they'll say, oh, yes, I'm saved. Maybe they are. Yes, I received salvation. Maybe they did. Yes, they believe that Christ Jesus is the son of God. Maybe they do. OK. But because they don't live by the Bible, all right, they don't know what to do when hard times come their way. Or because they don't live by the Bible, um, a lot of times they tend to live a very wicked lifestyle on this earth. All right. Now, just because we sin on earth, does that mean that we won't get into heaven? That's not what that means. However, God will judge us accordingly. And we will get our rewards accordingly. 
when we stand before Jesus. All right. Not only that, God loves it when his people reads his word. God loves it when he sees his people reading his word, because God sees that as a person taking the initiative to want to get closer to God. OK. God sees that as somebody taking the initiative to want to know God better, know God on a more personal level. All right. And when God sees that, God is definitely willing to jump in and help you get closer to him. OK. Because God wants to develop a relationship with you. He knows everything about you. He knows every single detail about you. But God wants you to know about him. OK. And, you know, I certainly appreciate it because I'm the one who's speaking this, you know, I'm the one who's speaking the word. OK, and I love doing this. I do. It's awesome. You know. Um, still. You know. And whether you're listening to this or not, I think it's still beneficial to me to still do this regardless. All right. Still. The reason why I do this is so that I can help lead others to Christ. All right. So. You know. And even so, when people listen to me bring the word, as much as I like that and as much as I appreciate that, you still need to read the word for yourself. You still need to read the Bible for yourself because you have to understand that I'm still human. I'm still a man. And, you know, um, because of how fast I talk or because of how, yeah, because of how fast I talk, because of, um, you know, maybe... I get twisted up in one of my sentences or maybe I say something without realizing it. I might say accidentally, unintentionally the wrong thing. OK. Without realizing it and because you don't study the word, you take that in. All right. That's why I need to study the word so that if I accidentally or in unintentionally say the wrong thing, you know, without realizing it, you can say, wait, hold on. Hold on. It's not what the Bible says or hold on. You're wrong or hold on. There's a red flag. Let me stop you there. OK, that way you can correct me. All right. And it will be beneficial to yourself. OK. So I'm going to move on from there. Um. All right. But before I move on, I want to remind everybody, OK, um, for those who haven't. Um, for those who don't know. October 25th. All right. The annual fall week of prayer. OK, 
That's not a national thing. That that is a that's a world thing. That's a worldly that's a worldwide thing. Okay. What is the annual fall week of prayer? Okay. Well, October 25th, all the way until the end of October, the next seven days, that's when we as Christians, we pray and we pray and we pray. All right. That's when we pray as hard as we can. All right. Now, prayer, it should be a part of our everyday life. That is true. Okay. Still, to have a, a annual fall week of prayer, the whole point of that is, is that so when Christians all around the world can get together at one time and pray, all right, can pray at one time. And we can all stand in agreement, you know, because it says in Matthew chapter 18, verses 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Okay. Matthew 18, 19 through 20, rather, I should say, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So that's, that's, that's the whole importance of the annual fall week of prayer. Okay. But still... Um, I want um, I'm going to I'm going to move on to uh, today's topic. And today's topic is. God or authority. Who should we submit to first? All right. Who should we submit to first? Should we submit to God first? Or should we submit to authority first? Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Romans 13, verses 1 through 7. You know, I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking cranberry juice today. It's, I'm not, it's not my usual coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but still Romans chapter 13 verses one through seven. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. 
For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience's sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Remember verse six. All right. Render, therefore, to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to whom customs. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Verses 6, it says, For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Some of you, some of you may say, what do you mean that God ministers? Do you know how many, how many corrupt authorities they are? There are. What do you mean? How can how can they possibly be God's ministers? Yes, I know that they are corrupt. All right, there. I mean that there are corrupt. Um, Rulers, all right. There are wicked kings, wicked dictators, wicked presidents, all right, all over the world. Okay, but still, you have to understand that God places these people in power. Okay, and just as God places these people in power, God is using these people, all right. And, you know, even those who are bad or corrupt, God has put in place so he can use them. All right. Turn with me to Daniel chapter two, verses 21. Daniel, Daniel chapter two, verses 21. Daniel chapter two, verses 21. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. All right. Notice to what I just said. He removes kings and raises up kings. So in the end, it's God that has the final say so. All right. Because God uses kings and God uses rulers. All right. Emperors, empresses, presidents, dictators, whatever you want to call them. Okay? Leaders. All right? I'm talking about all leaders, all authorities. Okay? God uses these people until he sees fit. Okay? There are, 
And right now I'm speaking about this country. All right. I'm speaking about this country because this is the country that I know. It's the country that I live in. Okay. So throughout history, um, this country has currently seen 45 presidents, full-term presidents, okay? And by full-term presidents, I mean presidents that have finished their time in office, all right? There have been 45. Now, throughout these 45 different presidents, all right, there have been some very good presidents. I have my share of favorite presidents, I do, okay? I like some presidents better than others. There have been awesome presidents, great presidents, presidents who have done extraordinary things, more than one throughout their term. Then there have been some very bad presidents that made some very horrible decisions, okay? Some that just didn't do anything, all right? And, you know, you may wonder, wow, how did they even stay in office for so long, okay? Nevertheless, God uses these people God puts these people in office, all right? And I'm not just limiting them to um, the leaders of this country. I'm, leading the, I'm um, referring to all authorities, whether they be um, senators, governors, mayors, um, city councils, police chiefs, okay? All the way down to police officers themselves, okay, who who patrol the streets, okay, who citizens look to, who citizens must sometimes answer to, okay, must have to sometimes answer to, okay. I will tell you this, and I know this from personal experience. There are some very good police officers out there. There are. Okay. They believe in fighting the good fight. Okay. They believe in what they're doing. And helping out the people, serving the people. And they, they're, they're righteous people. They go, they go to God in prayer. All right. When times get hard, there are some good police officers out there. I've met them. All right. My mom, she was a police officer from 1992 all the way until um, 2019, 2019. She worked for the Miami Police Department. Great cop, great police officer. But then they have some very, 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 very bad police officers, wicked police officers, 
All right. And I know this for a fact. All right. Very corrupt. Very bad. That does very bad things to very bad people. All right. And they will get what's coming to to them. All right. And they try to use their position of authority for evil. And they try to abuse their power and they do abuse their power. All right. Still, we may say to ourselves, how do they stay with that job for so long? But you have to understand that God keeps these people here for a reason. A lot of times it may be a reason that we don't understand. Okay. But in the end, they always do reap what they sow. They always reap what they sow. All right. So, yes, even those who are corrupt. All right. God still puts them there. And as hard as it is. And believe me, I know it's hard. We still have to respect authority. Okay? We do. And I'm talking about well beyond, okay, you know, you're having a bad day and you're driving a certain type of way. You know you're not speeding and the police pull you over and you just want to start yelling at the police out. No. I'm not talking about that. And you know you have to respect the police officer. No, I'm not. I'm talking about that, but I'm talking about more than just that. Okay. There are times when, you know, as I look on the news, I may look at. At, you know, these leaders in this country, um, the authorities in this country, and I may just disagree with them wholeheartedly. Like, wow, how can you even do that? How can you, how can you even say that? You know? How can you even say that? Say something like that. How can you even do something like that? What kind of leader are you? Still, because they are the authorities. And because we have to acknowledge the fact that God put them there in authority and God gave them power. Of authority. They still have position over us. Okay. So we have to still submit to authority. Now, I'm putting this all, I'm getting all of this out there. Okay. First, I'm getting all of this information out there first. All right. Because 
you know, I still need to get to the topic. Who should we submit to first, God or authority? Okay. I still didn't get, still didn't answer that question. But I need to put all of this out there first. I need to get all of this out there first, okay, so we can have a better understanding, okay, when I give you the answer. Some of you may already know the answer, all right? I hope you do know the answer. I already know the answer, okay? But to give you a better explanation and to give you a better view you know, I'm putting all of this stuff out there. So I'm laying all of this stuff on the table so um, I can go back to the original question. Turn with me to First Peter chapter 2, verses 13. First Peter chapter 2, verses 13. Now, I'm going to dwell more on this verse this set of scripture actually in a little bit but right now I just want to re read to you this one verse this one specific verse first Peter chapter 2 verses 13 therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme okay Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. Now, I'm going to go back there in a little bit, and I'm going to dwell more on that. Right now, turn with me to the book of Titus. The book of Titus, chapter 3, verses 1. How many of us often read from the book of Titus? Believe it or not, that's actually a very interesting book. Very underrated, but very interesting. Right? Very short, but a very good book. All right? Book of Titus, chapter 3, verses 1. Remind them to be subject to, to rulers and authorities, to obey to be ready for every good work. All right. Verse two, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey. To be ready for every good work. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Verses 15 through 22. Matthew 22 verses 15 through 22. And right now. Alright. I'm just skimming through these verses. Okay. Just for a second, because like I said, I'm just trying to give you a view of what the Bible is saying. All right. 
Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image inscription is this? Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard, when they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. See, they knew, these Pharisees, they knew that Jesus had a problem with the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He knew that um, Jesus... had called out their system more than once. Okay. They knew that Christ had a had a gripe with their system. So they tried to trick Jesus. Okay. They said, look, you know, Tell us, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew what they were trying to do. Jesus said, look, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. Okay. First of all. Okay. If you're going to. And this is my personal opinion. If you're going to test somebody, never ask them if they should pay taxes. Do you, never ask them if they think it's lawful to pay taxes. I mean, when has it never been lawful to not pay taxes? All right. <laughs> That's a part of life. Okay, if you're going to test Christ Jesus, you might want to come as something better than that. You might want to come with something better than that. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? I don't care what country you're in. To ask someone, is it lawful to pay taxes? It's kind of a silly question. 
All right. There's only one answer in that question. <laughs> but I digress. You see, Jesus, he had he had this issue with the governmental system at the time. And because of that, the governmental system had kind of a thing with Jesus. Okay. And they were constantly bumping heads, going at it. They were constantly clashing. Okay. And these were the guys that would end up plotting against Jesus to have him killed. And Jesus knew this. Still, Jesus knew, regardless on how corrupt these people were, even though these people were hypocrites, they were still in authority. Okay? Still have to submit to them. All right? Yes, it's unfortunate that it's these people that are in authority. It's unfortunate that these people are corrupt and they are the way that they are. You know, it would have been much better if we had, you know, a better um, set of authorities in office. All right. Or in place. You know, but. You know. Like my niece used to say to me, you get what you get and you don't get upset. <laughs> okay. They are in authority and you have to submit to authority. Even Christ says it. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. All right. Turn with me back to first Peter, chapter two, verses 13 through 17. First Peter chapter two, verses 13 through 17. All right. First Peter chapter two, verses 13. Only this time I'm going to read all the way to 17. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bond servants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So you look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God. Honor the king. All right. Although we must honor authority, we must still always fear God. 
what do I mean by fear God? Is, is fear God, does that mean that, you know, we have to be looking over our shoulder every single time we walk, you know, hoping that, you know, God will never shoot us down with lightning? No. No. That's not what I mean. It's not what fear God means. All right. That means to respect God. Give God reverence. Recognize that he is all powerful. Okay. That he is almighty. That he is awesome. That he is supreme. Okay. He is the ruler of all rulers. Okay. Turn with me to John chapter 19 verses 10 through 11. John chapter 19 verses 10 through 11. Then right now this is when Jesus is is being tried before his death. Then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. You see, verse 11 right there, I love that verse because it says so much in that verse. When Pilate speaks to Jesus and said, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? Pilate, he's, a, he's asserting his authority right there. But then Jesus said, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Now, right there, this is Jesus acknowledging that Pilate has authority. Jesus recognizes that God has placed Pilate in authority. All right. Pilate is, is doing his job. All right. Pilate, he was caught up in an unfortunate situation where he had to sentence Jesus, okay? And Jesus continues to say, Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So Jesus is saying right here, you know, I don't I don't blame Pilate. I don't blame you, Pilate. It's not you, all right? You weren't the one who, were con who was conspiring to have me killed, all right? You're doing your job. You were placed in authority by God, okay? You're doing your job. It's a job that no one would want. No, no good judge would want. All right. Pilate, you were put in a messed up situation. You're just doing what you have to do. All right. 
It's the ones who delivered me, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all right, Herod. They have the greater sin. Remember, even through his trial, Jesus honored the government. Even through his trial, Jesus honored the government. However, when Pilate said that he has the power to release or crucify him, Jesus responded, you have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. So Jesus, he honors authority. He respects authority. He realizes the importance of the importance of authority. All right. Still, although we must honor authority, we must realize that God is all powerful, and although we must submit to authority we must always submit to God first all right but that's not that's not a don't don't think of that as like some as a hard thing don't think of that as being like caught between a rock and a hard place or or you know being hard pressed between okay who should I submit to first don't think of it as a hard decision because it's really not. Because although you submit to authority, but you always submit to God first, you have to realize that what God wants us to do is to submit to authority. Okay? So yes, if we're ever put in that messed up situation where where do we have to choose? Do we have to listen to authority or do we have to listen to God? Do we have to listen to the laws of this world? Or do we have to listen to God? Yes, we choose God. We choose God over authority, hands down. Alright, we listen to God, hands down. Alright. However, God, He's not the type of He's not the type of God that's gonna say, Look, I want you to rebel. I want you to go against the grain. I want you to go against authority. I want you to break the rules. I want you to rebel against authority. Stand up against the government. It's not what God wants. God wants us to submit to authority. All right. We must be submissive to rulers. First Peter two verses 15 says, for this is the will of God. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now, I'm going to explain something to you. All right. I'm going to explain something to you. 
it might seem very hard at times to submit to authority. All right. We all know that corruption is rampant all throughout the world. All right. In politics and in, 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 in any kind of authority, whether it be Washington or whether it be your community or your own city. All right. There will always be corruption. Okay. I want to remind you that God warned us about the hardships of having a king, of having a ruler. God warned us about the hardships of having a ruler. He warned Israel about the hardships of having a ruler. Okay? God warned Israel about the hardships of having a king. And in doing so, he warned a lot of us about the hardships of having a king, of having a ruler. And that goes back all the way, all the way to the beginning, all right? Now, granted, there were a lot of kingdoms with a lot of kings already established, okay? Before Israel had its first king, but I'm going to read to you um, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 22. All right, but I'm going to make this a two-part um, episode, and I'm going to have to stop there. All right, so... Stay... Stay, stay tuned for the um, part two of who should we submit to first, God or authority?